This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Disabled Persons Assembly Notable Radio Show. A whole new attitude coming your way on Otago Access Radio. DPA is the voice of all disabled people, whether the disability be physical, sensory, learning, psychosocial or age-related. Tune in to hear how we can work collaboratively to achieve inclusion for all New Zealanders. DPA's Notable Radio Show, every second Friday afternoon at 1.30 on Otago Access Radio, 105.4 FM and 15.75 AM. Kia ora everyone. Welcome to Disabled Persons Assembly, Dunedin Notable Radio, for this Friday, the 3rd of September, 2021. Welcome one, welcome all. We've had a very interesting fortnight, as everybody knows. We've been in Level 4, and now, at least South of Auckland, we're all in Level 3. Yes, I didn't think we'd get back to that again, at least in terms of going back into the highest levels of COVID alert. But however, we needed to do it. We've done the right thing, and hopefully things are on the turnaround. I know you've had a lot of information overload out there, listeners, around COVID-19. And to get away from that today, we're going to talk about something else. As I foreshadowed on the last DPA radio, we've secured our guest. And today, that is, and I'm going to read it out here, of the official Paralympic history. And it is our guest today. It's my good friend, Jenny Newstead, MBE, Paralympian number 81, multi-gold medalist, Paris swimming in 1992 and 1996. She's been ranked the third most successful Paralympian of all time, with 10 medals, seven gold across two Paralympics. She is behind Sophie Pascoe as Olympian 166, and that is, she... I assume here in Sophie we're talking about it's she has 50 medals and I think that's climbing nine being gold over four Paralympics and also we must remember that Jenny and Sophie of course follow in the footsteps of Eve River Paralympian 13 who won 14 medals eight of them gold over four Paralympics, but we're welcoming today to the program Jenny Newstead and to talk about the current Paralympics in Tokyo, Japan. Kia ora, Jenny. Kia ora, Chris. Chris. Um, just to yes. let you know, Sophie has now won 19 medals at Paralympics. 19 medals, yes. That's yeah. just a 11 gold from last night. Yes, that is, that we'll talk about that very yeah. shortly, that stunning achievement. Anyway, to start off with, and I guess we'll be talking about Sophie, no doubt, this question, how do you think, sorry, who, who do you think are the outstanding New Zealand performers so far in this Paralympic Games? Well, I guess we have to talk about Sophie amongst other things. Well, we, I, I want to put that one to the side at the moment because there are, I think everybody in our Paralympic team are all outstanding because I never had to deal with what they're dealing with is the um, the COVID 
situation of having to wear masks when you're nervous and hyperventilating and uh, you normally do. So all of our performances are exceptionally outstanding. But if I have to pick some, which you're going to make me, (laughs) um, probably I have to look at Topo Norfi, who swam um, to a gold in the 100 backstroke. Um, She's just a sensational athlete. Danielle Hutchinson in the 200 metres, just silver and just won the 100 metres in track in her debut performances. You know, there's um, also Lisa Adams, gold in um, shot put, and she's got discus to go on the second to last day. Um, definitely Sophie Pascoe. You know, she's she's just an amazing swimmer. She had She's got one. She's won her first bronze. I told her to be proud of her first bronze. I was very proud of mine. Um, you know, there's there's reasons why we do things. She came out fighting after that one, and her coach told her, Rolly Crichton, who I've known for many years, said go hard, and she did. And then she and I sent her an email, sent the team an email, and saying take the performance from that day and take the the enjoyment to the next day. She did the two hundred medley last night for herself. Um, she won't be swimming that event again. She's decided that because from experience, it's a killer event. The two hundred medley. It's a oh yeah. It's, you know, Jesse Reynolds um, wasn't happy with his time, but he had a very strong field. You know, all of our swimmers. We've got um, Nikita Howarth. She's swimming with a broken arm. You know, it, she did exceptionally well. She's 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 got limb deficiency in both limbs. She's only got her legs in the breaststroke. She had a really close fourth place finish. So it's not just about the medalists. It's it's also like Anna Stevens in the finals of the um, of the hundred meter of the two hundred meters on the track. Um, some of these are debuting performances. Our wheel blacks, a young team getting ready, um, really awesome to watch. And they they just went from strength to strength. I think you have to go all the way down to every single person that made a final. And I'm sorry, I might be missing some names out, but I'm just excited about everybody. It sounds like you are excited about everybody because I predicted to a friend of mine just the other day who's probably following the Paralympics for the first time in his life that we would get around 20 medals. Do you think we're on track for that or is it slightly less or what? Well, the thing is, um, that's a bit of a spear-ended question for me, really, because, Chris, you know me really well and that my thing's not about the medal count and the Paralympics, certainly, they're also not trying to do it about medal count. It's about the personal achievement because I've just come off a Zoom meeting um, from Sport New Zealand and Youth and Sport and there's enough out there that um, if you concentrate on the medal count which is awesome. It's fantastic what our athletes are achieving, but they achieved it by doing their very, very best they've ever done. And you can't ask more than their best. Oh, but yeah. My thing is more very important working with youth. Um, you don't want to put out there it's all about medals because what's happening is that's how the doping in sport's happening. And so with media being so, so fixed on medal counts and middle achievements, it's um, causing problems for youth right throughout the world. So I personally really don't want to answer that question and that I want to say we're doing really, really well on the middle count um, through personal achievements, personal sacrifices, personal journeys, overcoming personal personal demons. Um, so if you overcame a personal demon, you know, the um, look, if you look at um, Danielle Hutchinson, her, her – um, 
addictive smile and her her fun for her sport and the enjoyment is just so bubbly, just like an Eliza McCartney in a delightful moment. Um, I think you need to take the delightful moments and the the personal best achievements, count the personal best achievements as achievements. No one can ever ask better than the best you can do. So, yeah, we're doing awesome. Um, yeah, there might be more to come. Don't know. Um, it's yeah, just absolutely. Yeah. And given that, do you think that our performances so far, that given that we've been through COVID-19 lockdowns and other factors, that this might have impacted on athlete performances time around, and not um, only for our team, but across other teams as well? Yeah, it has impacted probably Australasia worse because we locked down completely. Um, the Europeans have had some competition, especially for wheelchair rugby, basketball, all of those wheelchair basketball, um, swimming sports. They've had the European champs. New Zealand, our New Zealanders have only had their national championships um, for their, for their another requalifying. Um, they haven't competed in two years against somebody. So for us, it's a little bit of a disadvantage in Aust- I'm talking Australia and New Zealand because of our border situations around COVID. And it's the best thing we could have done is lock the borders. You know, it, our government's done the right thing. I think for some athletes, it's been really, it's been detrimental to their preparation and that I can't imagine what it was like to qualify be selected and then have it called off. I've never been in that position. The only athletes that have ever been in that position in the world is when it was in the middle of World War II and they had to cancel the Olympics because of a war um, and they didn't run it. These guys got to do it. Um, yes, it is risky, but it certainly made us all very happy. Um, for some of our athletes who had injuries, it has been really helpful, the lockdown. They've had a break. They've managed to recoup. They've managed to let their body recover, and they're now doing some of their best performances in the last two years. Um, some athletes have thrived on just getting back into it again, and, and I'm meaning right across the world, New Zealand, we're seeing world records fall. We're seeing Australasian records fall with our New Zealanders. You know, um, Anna, Anna Stephen broke, broke an Oceano record. Jesse, Jesse, um, not Jesse Reynolds. Um, I, so all my names are going. I can't remember all my names. I right. have them all lined up. But anyway, we have a really. <laughs> if you look on the app, it's in the the Olympic New Zealand app. You'll see the Paralympic Paralympians, and beside their name, you'll have an AR. It means area record, and that's for an Australasian record. Um, we have so many of them that have fallen. New Zealand records. These are people that. Um, have had a really hard build-up, head injury, other things, and they've just thrived from that rest. There is, um, for Sophie, it appears from what some of the stuff I've kept up with in reading, like many of us, we found lockdown. Some people found it really hard. And there's a lot of people out there in Dunedin across, you know, when you're on your own or even if you're in your own home, the space in your family home they're not being able to go to the pool or not being able to go running. It's really taken people to some dark places. And I'm not, I don't want to single out Sophie Pascoe, but I'm just using her her story as an example. She appears to have gone into quite a dark place that her family and her coach have pulled her out of um, to excel. You know, we've got people around the world just like that. I know my personal situation has been like that. This lockdown has been more brutal to me 
than the last lockdown. The last lockdown was like, oh, yay, I get a free holiday. Oh, shoot, I've now got to do a Zoom meeting. Um, this lockdown, I was just so exhausted after all the COVID-19 stuff I have to, uh, you know, policies and things you've got to put into place to even run a competition. So it's really hard for that. And you've got to think, where I want to bring in here is we've got New Zealand officials officiating at the Paralympics. And I don't think any of your listeners actually know about all those people. I can't name them, but we have them in table tennis. We achieved badminton, a new sport in the Paralympics. Wish I could have played it. Um, we've got kayak officials. We've got um, officiators in wheelchair basketball, wheelchair rugby, swimming, athletics. So our officials have had to go over into that bubble as well. And I've just on Facebook met an official from um, Australia who is getting not getting to see any scenery whatsoever. Always wanted to do Kilimanjaro, you know, Mount uh, do Mount Fuji. Sorry. So it's now doing it virtually in her room in between going to um, see games. She's doing a step challenge. So, yeah. Oh, good, good, good. Okay. And moving on, what do you think of the media coverage and the public support for the Paralympics this time around? Because I remember when you were at Barcelona in 1992, the media coverage only picked up when you began running medals. And I also remember you going around with your teammates selling pineapple chunks to virtually get to <laughs> Barcelona. But now it's all different, isn't it? My God, that was 29 years ago. That was Barcelona. We had to raise $1,000 each athlete and our local federation also had to put $1,000 for each athlete. So our small little Parafed Otago, where it all started in New Zealand, the first um, association in New Zealand ever, uh, before the national one, had to put across $5,000 because we had the most number of athletes, which we equaled Tel Aviv in 1968, on top of our $1,000. But no, by Atlanta, honestly, we didn't pay anything. Paul Holmes, Sir Paul, the late Sir Paul Holmes, has done a excellent job as an ambassador, a patron, but also with him, we, we, we did fight to try and get coverage. The coverage has been absolutely amazing to get to live coverage so much coverage. You feel like you're in it. You feel like you're part of it. And yes, I know people have been frustrated because our Kiwis haven't gone. But the TVNZ are getting the footage for the International Paralympic Committee. They can't pick what they get. And they're doing the best they can, setting up links so we can see. They cut to something and you go, oh, I wanted to see that. The New Zealander was coming up. But they've been putting another link or there might be something on the Paralympic New Zealand Facebook page and you can catch up. And, you know, the support is just everybody, I think, us being in lockdown in New Zealand is actually probably the best thing for our Paralympians because everybody's got nothing to do but watch sport. (laughs) Just get inside. You know, just get inside. Get off the couch. They're seeing people. I'm having people say, but they haven't got any legs or arms. How are they doing that? And it's, it's inspiring able-bodied people to get off the couch and go and do something, which is just amazing, the sport. I'm reading everything on the Facebook page from people, and it's just wonderful support, The and it's so good. In 25 years, 25 years ago, we got a 45-minute documentary, primetime, because they yeah. had to put 15 minutes of ads in it because it was primetime. Now look at this fantastic coverage. I'm just, you know, I'm really thrilled we've got to this, and thanks to DBNZ, um, and the partners of Paralympics New Zealand to make it possible for us. It's, it's Absolutely. And I've seen the other media coverage as well in the mainstream media in the ODT mm. and 
on Radio New Zealand's website. It's and all the locker there. room. There's the locker room with Suzanne McFadden, who interviewed me the other day um, about what I'm what am I excited to watch, and I said to her, it should be. What am I excited to watch when the Paralympics are over? <laughs> but, um, yeah, she was an awesome lady. She's doing a really awesome job writing up some fantastic stories for the locker room, for women in sport. Um, yeah, ODT, radio coverage, um, Radio New Zealand, you know, TVNZ News um, it, it, and all the different radio stations in New Zealand. It's just it's just wonderful. Um, all positive. It's the, Even if someone only gets as far as a final. It's all positive. We're hearing about eighth places. We're hearing about we're hearing about ninth place. You know, our shooter just missed out by literally zero point five points to get That's into the right. final start yesterday. Yeah. But we're hearing about it in a positive light. And that's the awesome thing. It's not like with the Olympics, it was oh they only got fourth. You know, we're hearing about the positive Oh, they got fourth by zero point two of a second. You know, yeah. and it, and it's but they're in a final, and that's the fantastic thing that the media have picked up with our Paralympics. And I think they've learned. I think all of our media are learning still. They are, and I see that the time is ticking down. But anyway, given we're only two days away from the closing ceremony, uh, who do you think we should look out for in the time that remains? Is there any hope of uh, increasing your uh, medal tally, or uh, do you think there will be other significant performances short of that that we could look well, out for? Yeah, I would look out. I probably just missed the heats of Sophie Pascoe. Oh, I was, oh no, I, no, she she did. She got um, so Sophie Pascoe in the hundred meter um, butterfly, which is one of her favourite events um, tonight. Look out for that. Um, we have our Otago. I'm sorry, I'm really passionate about. Anna Grimaldi and, and oh, yes. um, Holly Robinson, they're competing on Thursday. Um, no, sorry, on Friday in, in long jump. Anna's in long jump and Holly and, and Javelin. We've also got Lisa um, Adams, who's doing discus on the, la- on the last day um, to look out for. Honestly, look out for our kayakers. I've just watched the most amazing race in, in our kayakers um, we have, um, and I'm trying to remember his name, and I'm going to look here. I'm sorry, I'm going to look on my app to find out <laughs> his name because I can't remember everyone's name when having had a bump on the head once. Yeah. Um, so we've got Scott, um, Matt, Matt Lou, and Corbin Hart. Um, look, honestly, look out for those performances today. See, so it's their first competition today. They're worth looking out for. Athletics, we've got Anna Stephen back in, back in on the track. Um, we've got um, Michael Johnson back shooting on the last day in his last event. He says he's learning things, so look out for that. You know, he's made a final already. Um, you know, Nikita ha- Nikita Howarth is swimming tomorrow in her in her favorite one of her favorite events again. So there's there's just so much on offer. Please go to the app. I think oh, I think absolutely. Need to go to the app. There is a there's stories. There's everything on there. Um, of when the timings are, it's a, it's really, it's a really good place to go and look, um, to watch, to watch. Go to your Play Store or whatever, and download Play Store that. or Apple Store. Download the um, Paralympic New Zealand Team ANZ app, and you'll get all of the latest information about our team and the timetables. Brilliant for the next two days at least. Yeah. Anyway, Judy, just one final question: What would you say about the Tokyo? 2020 New Zealand Paralympic team overall. 
can we look forward to these new phases who come through this time and others succeeding in Paris 2024, Los Angeles 2028, and even Brisbane 2032? Do they have long-term futures, some of their newer stars? I think I, I think honestly yes. There's um you know Anna Stevens. There's there's um Nick, uh, Danielle Hutchinson. Like you know Nikita Health. Nikita Health is still young. Sophie may continue, but in less events. There's um our our wheelchair rugby team has already committed themselves to going for Paris. Um, but it's really hard to tell right now what our athletes would decide to do. We can't sort of make those decisions, but oh. there are. You know, our kayakers, our cyclists, our, you know, our cyclists, our, our, our cyclists on, tri- on tricycles that are their first time. Um, we had um, debut performances in right across cycling and some only having done one Paralympics. I think you can look forward to more cycling, more kayaking, um, more more on the track, more on the field, more in the pool um, from all our young stars. Um, a lot of them are, they're only 20. They're just starting their careers. They've got a long time to go and improve and you know um here in Dunedin Raylene Bates is doing an awesome job with oh, our, our young stars um unfortunately we don't have Duncan Lang around anymore oh, I keep no. saying that hey I could fix that I could make that a world record I could fix the style of doing <laughs> Duncan Lang taught me how um it's unfortunate we don't have but we have new coaches so yeah I think right across all of the sports and and let's see the sport grow like let's have some badminton players let's have yeah. some volleyball um you know, some of the sports that we um wheelchair fencing, I love it. I know, oh, oh, yes. The fence is going. <laughs> you know, it's uh, just expanding. Paralympics is just expanding in terms of the number of sports that are coming in and will be brought in over the next yeah. 10 years. That'll be a wonderful thing to see. But anyway, we can go on for hours. Anyway, thank yeah. you very much to my good friend Jenny Newstead, former New Zealand Paralympian and and holder of a number of Paralympic titles and a member of the British Empire, MBE. Thank you very much, Jenny, for your time today. You're welcome. Kia kaha. Kia kaha. And that brings us to the end of today's show. Just a very, very quick reminder that our next meeting is fully online. You can get the details from me. This is on Wednesday. This is for DPA Dunedin on Wednesday. The oh, it will be the 8th September between 12 noon and 1.30pm. And that will be online. If you want to email me, I will send you the Zoom link and please join DPA before you do. That is a requirement. Anyway, if you do, please want to come along. It's this time with me, Aaron Hawkins, and Councillor Rachel Elder. Please come along to that. And my email address is chris.ford, C-H-R-I-S dot F-O-R-D at dpa.org.nz. And you can also join DPA on www.dpa.org.nz. We've got a membership the form there that can be filled out by people. Okay, that brings me to an end for this fortnight. See you on the 17th. Disabled Persons Assembly is Aotearoa New Zealand's first pan-disability organisation, acting as the voice of all disabled people, whether the disability be physical, sensory, learning, psychosocial or age-related. 
Dunedin meetings are held on the second Wednesday of each month and we can provide free transport assistance and a New Zealand Sign Language interpreter when required. If you'd like to know more, call Chris Ford on 476 7579 or 027 696 0872 and you'll find our national website at www.dpa.org.nz. Disabled Persons Assembly, a whole new attitude. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.